I'm Frank Andorka, Editorial Director of Solar Power World Magazine. Welcome to another edition of Solar Speaks, Solar Power World's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. Today I'm very excited to be speaking with the proprietor of one of my favorite clean energy blogs, Clean Technica. Zach Shahan is the director editor of Clean Technica, and you can also read his work at Planet Save, where he's also the director editor. He is the publishing services manager also for Important Media. Zach, welcome. Thanks. Happy to be here. Uh, we're talking to you today from, from the Rotsklav. Um How did a guy from Sarasota, Florida end up in Poland blogging about clean energy? A uh, lady, of course, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did part of my master's uh, studies in the Netherlands, uh, and I met a Polish lady there. And after a year back in the U.S., I decided to move over here and uh, just sort of by chance got into blogging, thinking it was going to be a nice hobby, and uh, realized that it could become a profession. So I've been working at it for three, four years now, I think, and it's been great. You are a prolific blogger. I, I follow your blog very closely, and I see a lot of the work that you've done. How do you balance uh, blogging and running two blogs with the rest of your life, including that Polish lady you were talking about? Yeah, that's the struggle. <laughs> I, I, am, I, I, I blog a lot, and uh, right now it takes over too much of my life, so I'm constantly trying to get on a more balanced uh balanced front, but I mean, there's so much happening in the world of clean tech, especially, and also uh, other environmental issues, that it's just, there's, seems like uh, there's always so much to cover, and uh, every time I relinquish one of my duties, I end up taking on another one, so I have a, I have a bad habit, <laughs> we'll say. You, the Clean Technica covers the, the industry worldwide. How do you keep up with all of the developments around the world? Well, I mean, I, I follow I follow a lot of uh, sites and a lot of sources for news, so I'm pretty obsessed about trying to get as much news myself as I can. But then we've also got a, a lot of writers from different parts of the world. We've got a great writer from India, a great writer from New Zealand who's also lived in the U.S. a lot, and a great writer from Germany who's really on top of the amazing revolution happening in Germany. So we've got a great team of people covering uh, covering different regions a bit. That helps. Tell me what your vision for Clean Technica was and how it got started. Well, I didn't I didn't start Clean Technica. It was started by uh, David Anderson, I believe, when he started the Network Green Options, which was uh, was one of the biggest uh, top green sites or networks in the in the world for a long time, but then it, it ended up changing hands a few times, and it, right now it's been, it's, it's actually important media, it's been rebranded. So he started this, um, and now we're part of important media, uh, so he started this, uh, I think, four or five years ago, um, and it was just one of a number of niche sites in what he considered a very important green top, uh, greener very important around very important green topics and uh, I came on in 2008 just uh, blogging part-time and uh, I was never really much of a tech person I'm I was more into the human types of uh, topics like you know regarding the environment but 
I quickly got obsessed with it because there's just so much happening and because it's just such a critical solution to uh, global warming. So I, I just got more and more obsessed with it and uh, eventually realized uh, I had become a bit of an expert in the, in the arena, especially when CNBC uh, asked me to do an interview for their, their and Harvard, uh, Harvard Business Review's Energy Opportunities uh, series. And uh, basically, at some point, I just took over the reins of the of the site, became the editor and director. And uh, my focus on the site is it's a couple. Well, there's a couple things. Basically, we want to inform and we want to inspire. Right now, there's so much disinformation misinformation out there about uh, energy. There's a huge multi-billion-dollar industry that produces a lot of this, and uh, and politicians who spread it, and I think a lot of people who don't even realize it also uh, spread it. Um, and basically, we wanted to clear that up as much as possible, make uh, make the topic as clear as possible for normal people, and uh, also we want to inspire people to bring clean tech into their life because right now it's it's a great possibility. Solar is a great possibility. Electric vehicles are a great possibility. So we just want to help inspire people to to live greener greener lives. The solar industry, is, as you know, because um, you've been covering it, has been in the news an awful lot lately um, over the past couple of years, sometimes for good reasons, sometimes for bad reasons. Can you weigh in on what you're seeing going on now in the solar industry from a global perspective, um, at the United States particularly, if you can talk to that as well, and then what you expect to see in the future? Solar, the prices have just dropped, in particular for silicon, polysilicon solar, uh, have dropped so much in the past few years, mostly, well, due to a combination of things, due to just mass deployment in some countries, in particular in European countries such as Germany, Italy, Spain, so the, and also from research and development. So this has just put, uh, put solar in a, in a very positive place for the future because it's, it's, it's actually cost competitive in some regions now uh, without even taking into account very important externalities that we don't calculate uh, in the price of energy related to health and global warming. So even without taking those very important externalities into account, it is cost competitive in some regions and it's projected to be cost competitive in a lot of regions here very soon. But in that process, basically, you know, there's a, there are a lot of solar companies out there right now and basically there won't be a lot of solar companies out there in a handful of years, uh, at least not on the supply side, because, you know, some of them are just going to win out. They're going to be produce better products that are cheaper for what they give you. So basically we're seeing a lot of that right now, especially since the demand side is shrinking due to a lot of policy cuts in different countries. So basically we're seeing a lot of solar companies that just don't make the cut closing down shop. And unfortunately for people not in the industry, this can make it look like, oh, this industry is failing. but. It's because you're seeing the few companies, the companies that are failing, and there's not as much attention being put on the companies that are succeeding. So it's just uh, it's an unfortunate misperception, one of those one of those ones that we try to clear up. Um, but basically, I think uh, there's I mean there's there's no way uh, solar is not going to be successful in the future. It's it's going to be because the costs continue to drop. Uh, meanwhile, its competitors' costs 
continue to rise, except for wind power, basically, and maybe one or two others. So I think it's got a very bright future, a little bit of a pun intended, and uh, and it's it's going to be just continuing to to grow at a rapid pace, I think, but maybe with some bumps and some uh, difficulties for a number of companies in the process. One of the things that I've been watching, Zach, and I'm absolutely fascinated by it, is the cuts in Germany to the to the yeah. fit uh, and the and the UK in particular, and and obviously elsewhere, Italy and Spain. Talk to me since you're in Europe and you have a chance to to communicate with some of the people in those countries. How is that affecting? What, what what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm still I still feel like an outsider on these and. Uh, but I try to follow them closely, and uh, I think they're different. There's different things. Like one, um, one thing is that basically the costs have come down so fast that the policymakers are trying to rethink their policies or restructure their policies. Uh, partly uh, because they just didn't expect uh, such a fast drop in costs and such a fast uptake. Um, also, of course, there's, you know, politicians have different um, alliances, and uh, like the case in Germany, from what I understand, is that, uh, you know, it's more conservative policymakers uh, who are concerned about the profits of uh, competing industries and, and even the utility companies who are basically trying to protect their profits for a few more years, from what I understand, and um, solar has just become so competitive that they don't want to give it any extra bump. Uh, and, I mean, it's already over 20%, I think, of the German uh, German electricity production, and it's just, uh, it's if they keep up the policies, it's, it could become the dominant uh, source of electricity here very soon. So, it's a challenge. Um, in the UK, I think it's a similar deal. They just had a very fast uptake, uh, a lot of adoption, and more conservative government uh, that maybe doesn't support that as much as we would all hope. Um, and it's, it's partly just due to the success of the industry. I'm, personally, I, I don't think the subsidies should be cut because I think they help to balance the externalities that we don't account for in the price of, of electricity from other sources. So it's really the idea that we should be cutting subsidies when solar doesn't need them anymore, which is what the basic argument is, or that that we should be cutting subsidies because they cost something, which is debatable, depends on what length of time you look at. and. Uh, who you include in that uh, in that calculation? Uh, I think these are, are really just false assumptions from the beginning because uh, it's 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 setting up uh, not a free market because of the inherent subsidies given to fossil fuels. But this is this is a challenging point to to convince people of uh, in, in some in some situations. Believe me, I know. I feel your pain there. Um, yeah. I know you're on top of this too. I mean, you're. I think. I think you're completely on top of these topics as well. 
Well, I appreciate that. What, what, what's your take on what's going on here in the United States? Well, I mean, the U.S. is just, I mean, the political situation in the U.S. is just crazy right now. I mean, no matter this topic or and several others, it's just, I don't know if anyone can name a time in history when there was one political party so intense on making the other party lose that they sacrificed the nation's well-being for uh, in, in many situations. Uh, so, I mean, the public, the voters, across party lines support clean energy, support solar and wind energy. Poll after poll after poll after poll shows this. But the political leaders, particularly on one side of the aisle, have a lot of ties to the industry that solar and wind threaten, so the industries that they threaten. So they they basically just look like they're doing everything they can to stall the success of clean energy, which yeah, they're not going to stop it, but they, they certainly seem like they're doing everything they can to to lengthen the the era of fossil fuels. If listeners want to read your work and the work of the other excellent writers that you, you employ, where would they find you? Well, um, I've, I've spread myself out uh, in the past, but now I've sort of just narrowed down to um, to these two sites, and mostly I just write on Clean Technica now and uh, direct edit Planet Safe, though I do a bit of writing over there as well. But uh, there's just so much to cover in the clean tech field that I've just channeled all my attention to this one site now, cleantechnica.com. Thanks, Zach. Thanks. I've been speaking with Zach Shahan, uh, the director and editor of Clean Technica, and you can also read some of his work over at Planet Save, where he's also the director editor. Um, and if you have not already bookmarked the Clean Technica blog, you absolutely should. In fact, stop listening to this podcast and go do that right now. This has been Solar Speaks, Solar Power World Magazine's podcast series that gives you the opportunity to hear from the industry's biggest newsmakers in their own words. I'm Frank Andorka, editorial director of Solar Power World Magazine. Until next time.